upon short notice last night, Bruce let me know that he wasn't going to be able to be here um, as he's dealing with some family things going on. So please continue to pray for him and the family. After I I had received a, a text message from Manya saying that she was ready to teach my class. She's going to teach it once a month. And um, then I got the, the text message from Bruce. And it's like God knew exactly what needed to happen. And yet my class was taken before and I was ready to teach it. <clears throat> so I started to pray and I... I asked God, literally went to him saying, what shall I teach today in such short time? And it's like something came to me and he said, I've been teaching you for over a year and a half on this one chapter in the scripture. You guys could probably guess it. If I just bring out a shepherd's staff, out of the whole Bible, I'll give you that and oil. Could you tell me what passage in the Bible that I'm going to talk about today? What? What did you say? You did. You nailed it right on the head, Anna. Psalm 23. This is a passage that most Christians put to memorization when they're yet a young child. And yet, it disappears sometimes whenever you get older if you don't continue to say it. How many of you have this passage memorized today and could recite it without even looking at the scripture? Yeah. few of us. Not everybody. But I would challenge you to look at the scripture, start to memorize it again. It won't take long before you're saying it. The funny thing is, I know this passage of scripture here in the NASB, but it's like I speak not NASB in this passage of scripture. I speak King James. It's almost like Spanglish now because I have taken it from the NASB, but yet I still use the these and nows at times. And yet I've come to love this passage. And whenever you say it day in and day out, and you say it for weeks on end, and I continue to say it at least two or three times each week, you start to see that this passage of Scripture is perfect. The way it's laid out is so special. It's not just from David. It's for all of us to reflect on, say la, and sit there and think about. So that's what I, I just wanted to talk about this today. I have to give them long enough to go over some songs and for them to teach in their class and for them to get snacks, of course. Because I get it back from my kids. You didn't go long enough today. But we will. This Psalm 23, I told them about 25 minutes. I'm not Pastor Bruce where I go a little longer than that. But in the midst of a lot of things going on, and even 
it was perfect timing. Today we we say the Shema. We say we just finished the song about loved ones that pass and how it starts slow and it's agonizing at first. Yet through the year, it gets easier for our promises to be with them again one day if they are true believers in Messiah. Even in the midst of this past week where Kobe and the coach from OCCC passed in that helicopter, I was comforted to know that last Sunday, Kobe and Gianna went to church and took communion at their church. My family has a special connection with that family because my sister knows them personally. So that, in and of itself, was comforting. Yet in this passage, Psalm 23, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That first passage identifies who the Lord is. And there's nothing. We have to be content in what He does. When we have Him, there's nothing else that we should want. Just looking at that first one is very enriching and comforting. And as I continue to memorize this over the years, I wondered, what else could I add? And I remembered Sophie and Victoria and Heaven and that generation learning this passage in Hebrew and how special that was. As I said, I've been dealing with this passage for a few years personally already. So I asked Sonia to start teaching me and Rebecca. That's what my class will focus on when Anya's in there. She's going to help them learn it in Hebrew. Adonai Roi, the Lord is my shepherd. Adonai Roi, lo eskar benot deshe yarbet seni. That's what I've learned so far. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the quiet waters. That's as far as I've gotten in Hebrew, but I promise I will learn it with my kids, before my kids, as Anya teaches them. So God is a God. He's our shepherd. We shall not want. He makes us lie down in green pastures. He leads us beside the quiet waters. David was tired when he wrote this. He'd been through so much. He needed a place of refuge. And I can't see anything more calming than being beside the quiet waters and green pastures. Love to take a picnic and just relax. And when that happens, the next passage says, He restores my soul. When you've been through life's trials and tribulations, and He takes you to this calming place, He restores the soul. No one else, not husband, not wife, not spouse, not children, but He restores our soul when we go to Him and He 
puts us in those quiet places, in those pastures. He guides. So you're fully restored in Him. Look at this passage. And then, He guides me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Why? There's a proverb that says, walk in righteousness. It will be refreshment to your bones. It will heal your body. He guides us in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Wow. We have to trust in Him, don't we? We have to walk with Him to walk in righteousness. It sets the next passage up. Because we're not done with life's journeys. The next passage says, even though I walk, this is where I go back to the King James, yea, yea, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for thou art with me. Remember, he just took us to the green pastures. He just restored us. For his name's sake, he took us on the righteous path. We're back on life's journey. Yea, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, life's going to get in the way again. What is it? His rod and his staff, they comfort me. His rod. Great picture of it, right here, right? Rod. What's a rod do? Tends to keep us focused and in line. When I had and I raised pigs and I showed them at the fair, I had a cane, so it was a lot smaller than this, uh, this whole shepherd's staff. But I always wanted to try to steer them in the direction of the judge. Being in front of the judge was helpful to get points. How do we know that God's not stirring us on the righteous path with this rod? Guess what happened? When my pig wouldn't do what I wanted, I would knock it on the snout just every once in a while to do what I wanted. How do we know that God's not knocking us in the face every once in a while to get us back on the right path? It's comforting to see this. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. His staff, this part, that's hooked. It's the most comforting of all if you really have been around animals. When they get in danger or they get in a situation, this can be used in so many situations to grab the animal and pull them back to the shepherd. They comfort me. Now, the next passage of the scripture. So perfect. This comes before the next passage, the rod and thy staff. You prepare a table before me in the presence of thine enemies. I don't know about you, but if God set up a table with all my enemies in the back, I would be out that side door. But what's he have in his hand? 
he has the rod and the staff to say, nope, Trevor, that table. God has this perfected in this one passage. Within this whole Bible, it is perfect. And as you get to know it even more, it becomes even more special. So you have this table. You're sitting there, scared to death. And he takes oil. And he pours it on your head. He anoints your head with oil. Think about what this meant in scriptural times. You were special among everybody that you're sitting before. I can't help but think of the book of Esther. When I read that passage, when I put it to memorization week after week, Mordecai, Haman hated him. He wanted him dead more than any other Jew. But what did God put but a dream in the king's head? I forgot about this one that watched out over me. I need to reward this person. And Haman boasted, Oh, yes, yes, please. Put garments on him. Give him some of your secret jewelry. Give him some of everything you have. Haman thought he was talking about him. Haman had to go and put that on Mordecai. You're sitting at a table before your enemies. God probably had to put you there with this rod and his staff. And he pours this over you. You're special. You're his. He knew what you needed at that time. He prepared that table for you in the presence of your enemies. He has anointed your head with oil. And when that happens, your cup overflows. You can ask for no more. Go back to the first passage, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And yet he keeps giving. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. No matter if there's trials and there's tribulations, he continues to be there. What is there more to want than this final scripture in Psalm 23? And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. That is our eternal hope. Jesus said he went and he's building a place for us. He's building us a room for each and every one of us. This passage comes up over and over At funerals, especially. Yet for those who believe, it becomes a cornerstone in our faith. As I've heard James say that his grandmother could recite this passage without any problems. I promise you, 
Miss Bell wanted me to learn this when I was in the fifth grade. And I struggled to learn it, yet she would not give up on me. And she kept coming to me week after week and helping me learn it. Took me twice as long as other kids. I will not let it go. And I will continue to say it once or twice or three times a week. The memorization of the scriptures is so important to the people of God. For if it fades out of man's hands, may it be permanently in our minds and our hearts. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the quiet waters. He restoreth my soul. He leads me on the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for Thou art with me. Thy rod and Thy staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of Thine enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will dwell with me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Adonai roi lo eskar benot deshe Put this to memorization. Put the rest of the scripture to memorization. And it will become life to each and every one of us. We will share it more. And in the hard times, they will pop up in our heads. That's what I've learned over the past three or four years as I memorize scriptures and I go through hard times and I'm sick and I'm weary. The passages of scripture pop up in my head even more. We need to commit ourselves to memorizing God's word. And our children, they're amazing. They memorize it even faster. But when we show and we lead by example, they see how much more it means to us and it means to them. I will have this memorized in Hebrew as the year goes along. I encourage you all to commit yourself to continuing to memorize certain passages, verses, chapters of the Bible. Let us go to Him in prayer now. Father in Heaven,